I'm Daniel Levine, and this is the Bio Report. Myeloid cells can stimulate anti-tumor effects in the body and recruit additional immune system cells to turn a cold tumor hot. Volt Biotherapeutics is developing a new category of immunotherapies that combines the precision of antibody targeting with the strength of the innate and adaptive immune systems. By activating and recruiting myeloid cells, the company's experimental therapies are designed to reprogram the tumor microenvironment, and invoke an anti-tumor immune response. We spoke to Randy Schatzman, CEO of Bolt Biotherapeutics, about the company's immune-stimulating antibody conjugates, the case for activating both the innate and adaptive immune systems to fight cancer, and the company's lead experimental therapy for HER2-positive cancers. Randy, thanks for joining us. Danny, it's great to be speaking with you again. Appreciate you having us. We're going to talk about Bolt Biotherapeutics, its platform technology, and its efforts to develop immunotherapies that activate both the innate and adaptive immune system. Perhaps you can begin by explaining for listeners the difference between these two different parts of the immune system. Yeah, I think there, it's important to recognize the differences here. The, the innate immune system is the, I'll call it the, the first line of defense in the immune system. It's the one that each of us are, are born with, uh, and that we inherit from, from our parents. And it's really involved with, uh, recognizing foreign invaders, particularly microbes, et cetera. Uh, and it's a quick response system that eliminates those. Um, that interestingly, components of the innate immune system are then able to, as they destroy the foreign invaders, uh, present certain antigens from those foreign invaders to the adaptive side of the immune system. And that's the, I'll call it the, the more highly trained, focused part of the immune system that recognizes very specific antigens on these foreign invaders. For example, it's the, the part of the system that would recognize the spike protein on, on COVID-19 to help destroy it. The early market successes around immunotherapies have been focused on activating the adaptive immune system. How successful have these therapies been? Well, in fact, they've been very successful uh, and have solved and eliminated cancers for uh, just a huge number of, of patients. The, the challenge with it is, is that they only work with, a, I'll call it a, a subset of all cancer patients. And I think what we're uh, working hard with in the field is to expand our treatments so that ultimately we can impact all cancer patients instead of just a subset. Much of the success to date for these therapies have been targeting liquid tumors. Is there reason to believe part of the explanation for why we haven't seen the same type of success in solid tumors have to do with the how the immune system is activated by these therapies? Well, it's partly that, but it's partly that the solid tumors are a really complex environment. The architecture 
obviously is is very different than dealing with a, a cancer cell that's uh, circulating, you know, in in the blood uh, or in or in the bone marrow. Um, there, every every tumor is different in terms of its structure, uh, the number of cancer cells that are there versus. Uh, suppressed invading immune cells is, is all completely different from tumor to tumor. And so it's been a, a much more complicated space to try and impact. Bolt's platform technology involves what it calls its Bolt Body Immune Stimulating Antibody Conjugate, or ISACs. Can you explain what these are and how they work? Yeah, very simply put, Danny, these are um, antibodies to which we, uh, con- what we call conjugate a payload. Uh, that, that activates the immune system. In this case, the antibody is really about targeting, uh, that, that payload to, uh, a specific tumor and an antigen on that tumor. Um, and then the payload itself, once brought into the, the tumor microenvironment, activates the immune system. And, and what we're doing is actually bringing the patient's own immune system to their tumor to recognize it and eliminate it, uh, by doing this. We've seen antibody conjugates where the payload is a chemotherapeutic agent. My sense is that in doing these therapies, a lot of the challenge and and magic, as it were, has to do in the linker. What does it take to link your payload to the antibody, and and how predictable is the delivery and release of where you want them to go? Yeah, it's an interesting question. So the the space that you're speaking about is what we call the... um, and a, excuse me, antibody drug conjugate space where we've taken uh, antibodies and put on uh, cyto- what we call cytotoxic payloads. Uh, and in this sense, the, the antibody takes that cytotoxin, delivers it to the, the cancer cell itself. It binds the cancer cell and the cancer cell then internalizes uh, that whole structure. Uh, and ultimately, it's the, the linker is set in a way that the change of pH um, the, the, the acidity, uh, within the, the tumor cell, uh, allows the, the linker to, uh, deconjugate and release the cytotoxin so that it kills the cell, but also able, is able to diffuse through the tumor and kill the surrounding tumor cells as well. Interestingly, with uh, an ISAC, we had to unlearn many of these principles because all we want the antibody to do is is direct our payload to the cancer cell, but we don't want the cancer cell to internalize it. In fact, what happens is, is after it binds the cancer cell, we're looking for an interaction of the uh, the other end, what we call the, the FC portion of the antibody, to interact with surrounding cells, in this case, myeloid cells, which once bound, ultimately internalize uh, what we call the ISAC, uh, into the, the myeloid cell. And it's there that the magic happens. Uh, within the myeloid cell is a group of receptors that we call toll-like receptors uh, that are able to stimulate the innate immune system. Uh, and the payload that we put on our antibodies is a direct activator of that. It's a small molecule, activates what we call toll-like receptors seven and eight within the myeloid cell. And initiates an entirely new immune response uh, by that patient for their own tumor. So I, I've seen some uh, use of combining T cells and NK cells to activate both the adaptive and innate immune systems against cancer. Why the focus on myeloid biology? What's the, the case for doing that? 
Well, in this case, the, the myeloid cells are, are really where the, the earliest part of the innate immune system uh, recognizes these foreign antigens. And by stimulating them, the innate immune cells can do really three things. First and foremost, they will uh, what we call eat that foreign, foreign body uh, and destroy it. Uh, second, those myeloid cells elaborate certain chemicals that we call chemokines and cytokines and attract new, fresh elements of the immune system into the tumor to help destroy it. And then thirdly, uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, once they destroy the, the invader, uh, they take the pieces of that and present that on the surface of the cells to train the adaptive part of the immune system to further recognize and continue to destroy other elements of the tumor. Bolt's lead experimental therapy is BDC-1001. That's in development for HER2-positive colorectal, endometrial, gastroesophageal, and, and metastatic breast cancer. Why start with HER2-positive cancers? That's a great question. And, and what we wanted to do at Bolt was um, really focus in on uh, some, few, I'll call it a fewer things that were novel about our initial treatment. So initially what we decided to do was choose a, a, a common therapeutic, which we call trastuzumab, uh, which is the uh, generic name for a, a drug called Herceptin. Um, and trastuzumab has been used widely to treat uh, tumors that express a tumor antigen that we call HER2 um, and, and inactivate that. But by using a known tumor targeted agent we understand what its safety profile, what its specificity is. And what we're actually doing then is just testing what this novel linker payload does without adding additional levels of complexity to this. Uh, HER2 positive cancers are ones that are still uh, uh, killing patients uh, and one where there's a, obviously an important unmet need that we felt we could address. Trastuzumab is a, a therapy in its own right. Do you get any therapeutic benefit from using that as your targeting agent, or is it just a targeting mechanism for you? Well, it's a, it's a great question. And the trastuzumab that, that we use to, to target the, the tumors in this case, it, it really just as a geolocator, um, it retains its activity um, as a, a, a targeting agent against HER2. But the patients, most of the patients who are coming into our study have already been pretreated with other HER2 targeting agents and have failed so they're not responsive to these. So again, all we're relying on the trastuzumab to do is, is target our agent to that tumor uh, as a geolocating system. So if they're refractory to the trastuzumab, does that affect its ability to target those cells in any way? No, because they still express HER2, believe it or not. But that HER2 is, usually has mutated in some way so that it becomes unresponsive that the antibody is still able to bind to HER2 and bring our immune-stimulating payload uh, into the tumor environment. Well, what's known about the safety and efficacy of BDC-1001 from studies you've done to date? Well, so we've just completed a, what we call a dose escalation phase one portion of our studies. And this is the what we do in oncology to initially uh, bring a, a cancer therapeutic to patients. We start with relatively low doses that we believe will be non-toxic, and then we dose escalate to higher and higher doses uh, to understand the safety profile, 
but also understand where the uh, how much drug it takes to get the efficacy uh, at the end of the day. And in this case, we were able to to dose all the way through our dose escalation uh, and show that trastuzumab, excuse me, uh, in this case, it what we call BDC 1001 uh, has a, a relatively safe profile and is well tolerated by patients. Uh, gives us a lot of flexibility both in how we dose, uh, but what we can combine this agent with uh, to actually get a, a better efficacy uh, along the way. And, and is the phase one study in HER2 positive cancers across the board or specific ones? No, this was uh, HER2 positive cancers across the board. So we had, in this case, 16 different tumor types uh, for, from patients that, that came into the study. Uh, and we were able to show, again, both a well-tolerated safety profile, uh, which was unusual in this space. One of part of the history of the immune stimulator space in oncology has been high toxicity, um, low tolerance to these, and part of the magic of what we're doing at Bolt by the way we, we build our molecules is to deliver these very potent immune agonists uh, and yet have a very safe profile along with that. As you think about the development path forward, would you look at the phase one results to narrow the indications, or would you expect to make it HER2 positive across the board again? Well, obviously, at the end of the day, we'd, we'd love to have a, a broader indication uh, to be able to impact you know, all tumor types that, that have uh, high expression of HER2. Uh, in this case, uh, for a small company, it's, uh, we, our success is going to be based on focus. And so we've chosen a, a small number of those 16 different tumor types uh, that we think we've got good evidence uh, and, and, and some rational reasons for why we should go forward and focus on those. And having, uh, hopefully, with some positive outcomes of those, we'll have the opportunity to you know, continue to both fund the company, but as well build on those successes, maybe for some, some early approvals. And then we can come back and then broaden the tumor types uh, through additional uh, clinical studies. Last year, you had discontinued development of another therapy, BDC 2034, because of off-target toxicity. What did you learn about ISACs from that experience, and how has it shaped the work you're doing going forward? Well, that's a great question. Um, I mean, importantly, there's there's two parts of the the drugs that we have. One is that targeting antibody that is designed to very specifically get things into the, the tumor microenvironment and onto the tumor cells itself. And then the other is the payload that stimulates the immune system. In the case of 2034, it turned out that the, uh, the antibody that was our targeting antibody not only recognized the antigen on the surface of tumors as we desired, but it also uh, cross-reacted to another family member uh, in, in that family, uh, which was on granulocytes of patients. And it led to a, uh, what we felt was an unacceptable toxicology profile uh, that we, were, we didn't want to take into to humans. So we, we terminated the, the project. Uh, it's still a, a project of interest to us. And today we're working on, a, I'll call it a version 2.0, where we have antibodies that are much more specific than that initial one, and we'll come back and, and advance that toward the clinic as time goes on here. Bolt is a public company. It's been successful at raising significant amounts of capital, but its stock is down sharply from its highs. It's 
certainly not alone in that case with uh, other biotech stocks down, but it's got a $56 million market cap today and is trading around $1.50. What's the discussion with investors like today? The, the space that we're in, which is the immune stimulating space, has had some complexities over the last couple of years. Again, as we talked uh, of getting you know, uh, a safe profile into patients that can actually eliminate tumors, um, and other companies ran into some, some speed bumps along the way where their toxicities precluded them uh, from moving things forward. I think the recent data that we have at Bolt says that the way we are making our molecules can actually deliver on the promise that these uh, immune-stimulating compounds have. Um, and as such, we're actually seeing uh, investors begin to take notice again and watch the space much more closely. So what we're trying to do as a, a team at Bolt is focus on execution, delivering uh, clinical results for our patients, uh, and we believe that uh, the, the investors will, will follow once we're able to do that. And how far will existing cash take you, and what's the thinking on raising additional capital from here? Well, today, the, the, the cash we've guided, the cash takes us to through 2025. So we've got more than, more than two years of, of cash available to us, allows us to take the, the BDC 1001 program through this next set of phase two studies uh, where we're able to look at, as you mentioned earlier, uh, different, a smaller subset of tumor types to really show what, what this agent can do. And in addition, it allows us to take, you know, earlier elements or other drugs in our pipeline, bring them forward into the clinic as well. And so it'll give us the opportunity to have some, uh, what we think are important catalysts to, to in, uh, increase investor interest to hopefully increase the stock price as well. And, and with those successes, uh, we'll have some discussions about the best timing for raising funds in the future. Randy Schatzman, CEO of Bolt Biotherapeutics. Randy, thanks so much for your time today. Great to be with you again, Danny. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening. The Bio Report is a production of the Levine Media Group. To automatically download this podcast each week, subscribe to our RSS feed or through iTunes or other podcast manager. To join our mailing list, go to levinemediagroup.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to drop us a line or are interested in sponsoring this podcast, send email to danny at levinemediagroup.com. Special thanks to Jonah Levine, who composed our theme music, and the Jonah Levine Collective, which performs it.